A few years ago, one of the kids in my online coaching program said to me, Coach Rebecca, I wish we could just go to a gym and have you as our coach. We would all be so happy and so confident. And that warmed my heart and I was like, oh my gosh, that would be the best. And that comment stuck with me for years. So now I'm going to do something about it. I am inviting gymnasts from all over the country to join me for the first ever Confident Gymnast Camp this August 3rd and 4th. This camp is all about breaking through mental blocks. So if you're struggling with a skill and you want me and my team to help you break through in real time, then check out confidentgymnast.com for details. Hi guys, on today's podcast, I'm talking to the parents about when to push your athlete and when to just back off and be a supporter. Okay, now this is, it's an important question that everyone in the Sport Confidence Accelerator group this week agreed is a challenge for parents. So today I'm going to talk about the kind of motivation your athlete needs, the best way for you to support that type of motivation, and also some common misconceptions about motivation that will help you decide how to help your athlete. Let's do it. Welcome to the Perform Happy Podcast, where athletes and their support squad come to learn the secret weapon for sports success. I'm your host, Rebecca Smith. First, I was a scaredy cat gymnast, then a coach. Now I'm a sports psychology expert and a parent. Athletes, whether you're feeling stuck or you're having the best season of your life, I'm here to help you reach peak performance and maximum enjoyment. Hey, everybody, it's Coach Rebecca. And today I'm I'm answering a question. You guys in the Sport Confidence Accelerator Facebook group, um, let me know if you struggle with knowing when to push your athlete, if they seem like they just need a little push, they need a little motivation, and when to back off and just support them. So I'm going to answer that today. And so think about this. Like, Can you relate to this scenario? Your athlete shows potential. So you see it. Their coach sees it. You know, your your kid's pretty good, pretty good at this sport, but for some reason, they're just not rising to that potential. Uh, maybe they get in their head, maybe they don't believe in themselves, they lack a little confidence, but either way, you see them underperforming. So you're you see them and you're like, wow, they could do so much better than they're doing right now. What's the deal? What do I as the parent need to do? And you want to do anything, right? Like if I can help my kid to do something hard and build a new skill and believe in themselves. I'm like, oh yeah, I will do what I need to do. Okay. But, but this is all based on an assumption that the athlete is lacking motivation. Okay. Now, but then you think about it and you're like, well, they love their sport. They care about it so much. It's all they think, eat, sleep, and breathe. So why would they be lacking motivation? doesn't make any sense. So I'm going to talk to you about what might actually be going on in a minute, but first let's touch on motivation. So there are two types of motivation. There's internal motivation and external motivation. Parents, you are external motivation, okay? You can never create internal motivation for your child. Now that internal motivation is usually why they started their sport. That, you know, for the little swimmer who got in a pool and felt like they could fly and they just wanted to be in that pool all the time. And then you're like, hey, do you want to do the swim team? They're like, yes, it means more swimming. Of course I want to do the swim team. 
And they're just like, I love swimming fast. This is so fun. And then they're like, well, you're so fast. Why don't you race? And they're like, okay, because swimming fast is fun. Like, let's do it. And then they just get out there and they're like these, they just swim and they, oh my gosh, they won. That's so cool. Okay. Do you want to do a bigger one? Okay. And then at some point it goes from little kids splashing in the water to, I have to be perfect. I don't want to miss mess this up. I can't let my coaches down. I don't want to let my teammates beat me. You know, there's a lot of external stuff that starts to happen as kids switch from recreational to more competitive levels of competition. Okay. It's like the kid who you can't like you, they won't stop doing backflips on your bed. So you're like, oh my gosh, we're taking you to gymnastics. Like this is not safe. We need to get, we need an outlet. They just bounce around. They're so strong. They're so flexible. They love every second of all these new skills. And then all of a sudden they've had these really great competitive seasons and they're super young and they turn like 10, 11, and 12. And they feel like they have the weight of the world on their shoulders because everybody expects them to be perfect is what they're experiencing. So then you see this massive slowdown, maybe an effort, maybe an output. Maybe they're still doing okay, but you just know like something's not optimal here in their mind. So you're like, let's get them motivated. Okay. Uh, One of my favorites. And if you guys are listening, one of my favorite perform happy families made a very innocent mistake. Okay. They, mom knew her daughter is so talented that she's like, you could win. You could totally win. And she's a, I think she was a level seven or eight gymnast at the time. She's like, you could totally win. Like you can get first through third all around. I know you can. And so mom was like, I'll make you a deal. If you get on the podium, you get either first, second, or third place all around for the whole competition, I'll get you a kitten. And this girl was like, I will cut off my right arm for a kitten. Like all she wanted in the whole world was this kitten. And so she went out there to compete and she was like, I got to get the kitten. I got to get the kitten. And she was so stressed out about the outcome that she kept malfunctioning in competition. She kept getting tense or shaky or losing focus or over trying, overthinking. So meet after meet, this girl's getting fourth place, fifth place, fourth place, fifth place, because she made stupid mistakes she never made in practice. So she and I, I decided, I was like, what if there was no cat on the table? Like, what if the cat wasn't a thing and you just are going to get a cat because the family wants to get a cat and then you can just do gymnastics because you like to do gymnastics. And she was like, oh yeah, that sounds so much better. That sounds so much better. And what happens literally the next meet, I'm going to say one or two weeks later, first place all around. Like it, it couldn't be more obvious that that she didn't need that motivation. She already was such a hard worker. She cared so much that she actually needed to take the emphasis off the outcomes, the places, the scores, And just get back to why do you like to do it? Why is this fun? What are you getting better at? What are you learning? What are you mastering? What are you excited about? Those internal motivators were the things that allowed her to be at her best. So mom was just being sweet and she like just created a lot of unnecessary stress for this girl. Okay. So what happens is they get used to those medals, those scores, those outcomes, those trophies. I mean, my mom, I will never let her live it down. She always said, after our soccer games that and if either of us, my brother or I scored a goal, we'd get ice cream. Okay. Here's the problem. I was a defender. I was an excellent defender and I did not score a goal all season. I should not. I had no business scoring goals because I was really good at defense. My brother was an 
offense player. He scored goals all the time. So here I was moping around feeling like I am not good. I'm not as good as my brother, even though I was doing a great job defending the goal, but I wasn't doing this outcome thing that, you know, had become what was valued in my house. And my mom, again, was just trying to be fun and sweet and like incentivize us to really do our best. And all it did was make me feel like I wasn't good enough. Okay. So that's my spiel on motivation. Now, here's something that'll twist us all around a little bit. There's this major misconception that I talk about constantly with the parents in the Perform Happy community. It's often not a lack of motivation at all that they're experiencing. It's often fear or anxiety because fear and anxiety typically look like a lack of motivation. When a kid's not going for something or they're not taking as many turns or they're just not like getting after it, coaches will go, well, you need to get motivated. Like you need to get to work. You need to do more. When that athlete is working so hard mentally just to hold it together, to take those couple of turns that they, I mean, they haven't got any more effort in them because it is, you know, mentally and emotionally taxing to do these big skills. Plus you have people looking at you, expecting you to be perfect all because you are talented. It's like this albatross curse of talent that makes these kids feel like I have to be perfect or else. And then their brain's like, nope, too much. We're going to go to the bathroom. And they don't even realize they're doing it or like, oh, my elbow hurts or, oh, you know, they get these little messages from their brain. They're like, nope, not safe. What if, what if you fall? It's going to be horrible. So then the kids are over there like in the chalk bin for, you know, three hours because their brain is like, do not get on that balance beam. You know that. So it's not motivation. It's actually typically anxiety. Okay. They're afraid. They're feeling pressure to succeed. They're afraid to fail because they don't know how to cope with failure. They don't know what they would do. They don't know how you would feel. They don't know how their coach would react. So they don't feel like they have the coping skills to try and fail. So they shut down and they play small. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you think about a gymnast who needs, who's got a skill on the beam, like a a front flip, okay, they got to run, hit their two feet on that beam, jump high up in the air, flip, and land back on their feet blindly, okay? So you run, punch, flip, land on a four-inch balance beam. Now, when you're at the meet and you are thinking about the outcome, like I have to stick this beam routine so that my mom will get me an iPad or I have to land this so that whatever external motivator will happen for me, they're like, I must stay on the beam, And so they don't jump as high because they want to stay closer to the beam because they want to stay on the beam at all costs. Just don't fall. Just don't fall. Whereas if she had the freedom to go big, knowing that if she made a mistake, there would be no consequences. She would get wisdom. She would try again. She would work at it. And she would love the process of getting more and more consistent over time. So the kid who can go big bombs down that beam, hits really hard, jumps way up into the air, which gives her more time to assess her landing and actually makes the skill better and safer. But it's this anxiety and fear, this worry about being imperfect that actually makes kids hesitate, makes them play small. It's the little soccer player who will not get in there with the ball because they just 
They're just so afraid that they're going to mess up because they're worried about the outcome. Okay, so what these kids need in order to not be sort of like addicted to playing small, playing not to lose, is they need unconditional love. Okay, that's what they need from you. They don't need a push. They don't need a motivator. They don't need a bribe. They don't need a prize. Those things actually become counterproductive. What they need is unconditional love. Okay, ask yourself the question, if my kid falls off the beam, do I still love her? Obviously. If my son freaks out in the water, has a total panic, crazy, and doesn't even finish his swim race, do I still love him? Oh, yes. Absolutely. If my little cutie cannot get after that ball, do we still love her? Yes. So that needs to be extraordinarily clear for these kids. Like, I still love you. I will always love you. You are so great. I'm so proud of you for getting out there and trying. No, you didn't go after it. No, you you did not hit big. No, you did not finish the race. That's okay. I will never be disappointed if I know that you went out there and you did the best you could with what you had on that day. Okay? And then what you do is you keep focusing on their effort. You go, you were so terrified in those blocks and you still dove in to start that race. And I'm proud of you. And now let's see if you can get, you know, maybe a little farther through a race. But it doesn't matter if you if you finish. It matters that you got up there and you tried. And I'm so proud of you. Okay? And if you see something that they did a little bit better, that's going to increase their internal motivation because you're going to go, oh my gosh, that's getting better. I mean, I see this with my little six-year-old. We've been, you know, we were doing a lot of ice skating this winter and she would, she'd like step, step, fall. And she was like, oh, I'm so terrible at this. I was like, do you realize you made it two entire steps? That's way better than you did the first time. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah, that was really great. And you fell safely. This is so good. Like that was a total win. And she's like, huh? Like you're nuts, mom. But then her next try, she's like, I'm like, could you do three steps? I don't know. Do you want to try it? She's like, yeah, I think I can do three. And then she's all stomp, 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 slip, crash. (laughs) And I'm like, three steps. That was so amazing. So that's what you want to focus on is not like, did she get all the way across? Did she, you know, do a triple axel? Obviously it's different depending on your child's level of figure skating abilities, but praise those little tiny baby steps forward because that's going to make them feel like I'm getting better. That's what helps their internal motivation build, okay? So love, praising effort and progress, food, fun, you know, make it fun. Don't give them the interrogation after practice. Don't say like, what are your goals for the day? Line them out for me. Tell me what you will do. What did you accomplish? Don't do that. That's not fun for them. Put on the music, give them their fuzzy socks, get them their boba, and like make it a party in the van, okay? That's what's going to help the kid be like, I love going to practice because my mom is not being super weird about asking me a bunch of questions I don't want to answer. She puts on music, and we have a snack, and it's awesome, okay? And then if there is, this is my final point, if there actually is a genuine lack of motivation, Well, then we want to improve the internal motivation. And one of the best ways to do this is to listen, okay? Instead of going, why aren't you working hard? What's happening? What's wrong? Do you want to quit? Don't say that. Ask them, you know, how are you feeling about practice these days? You know, and maybe they're like, I feel terrible. 
And instead of being like, well, why are we doing this? You should quit. Don't Please stop doing that, parents. You go, oh, you're feeling terrible. Tell me more about that. They don't want to talk about it. Don't push it. But if you can help them to figure out, you know, like, what are they doing this for? What feels good about it? What's fun for them? And help them to figure out, okay, so they're saying to you, I really want to go to UCLA for gymnastics. That's my big dream. And then they're also saying, I don't want to go to practice. Then what you want to do is just listen to both of those things. You want to be like, yeah, UCLA would be so amazing. You don't go, well, you're never going to get to UCLA if you don't show up to practice. You don't need to push them. Okay. You're going to say like, that would be so awesome. You don't want to go to practice today. Tell me about what you're feeling. Tell me what's going on. No judgment. Just like, I want to understand because if they can then go, oh, I have, uh uh-oh, I have a, uh, apparently it sounds like I have a lollipop thief in my house, so I better wrap it up. But anyway, you want to be able to find those discrepancies in what they're saying. I want this, but I'm doing this. Then you mentioned like, wow, okay, so that's, you really want to get there, but it's really hard to get to practice. What can we do? And you go in curious. And I talk about this a lot in the Perform Happy Parents Facebook group in our member area. I also have a whole course on parenting the fearful athlete. That's like this mini podcast series for parents. So if you are a member of Perform Happy, be sure to check that out. If you're not yet, get on our waiting list at performhappy.com. We would love to have you in there. Listen to them. Listen, listen, listen. See if you can actually stop pushing. So bottom line, it's the coach's job to push them out of their comfort zone. And coaches should be well-trained on how to push them out of their comfort zone methodically so that they're stretching themselves and succeeding, which builds confidence. It builds mental strength. It builds physical strength. That's the coach's job. Your job, parents, is to be the soft place to land at the end of a hard practice. They come and you catch them and you hold them and you feed them and you say, oh my gosh, that's got to be so hard. I love you so much. Here's your dinner. And that's it. Okay. (laughs) So be sure to ask any questions. I know this is a, it's a tall order, but you don't actually have to motivate your kid. You can just help them get in touch with what motivates them themselves and just let them know you're proud of them all the time. All right. I will see you again soon. Bye guys. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the perform happy podcast. If you're ready to unlock your maximum sport potential, head over to performhappy.com and join us. You'll be training alongside world champion athletes and Olympic hopefuls. And I will personally take you through my research-based system for overcoming fear and mental blocks, building confidence and finding your flow. I'm coach Rebecca Smith, and I'll see you next time.